Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records. Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Jen and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band. Then give you a track by track breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Welcome to Talking Records. My name is Jed and this is a podcast where we deep dive into the albums we love. You are listening to part two of a two-part episode on the Lawrence Arms O Calcutta. My good friend Greg from the Unscripted Moments, a podcast about propaganda, has joined me for this two-part episode. In part one, we discussed the making of the record, the writing and recording. We also delved into how we found the band, how we got into this record. We covered the first four tracks and had a great time doing it. Turned out we had so much to say that this turned into a double episode. If you have not listened to the first part, please make sure you go back and listen to it before you listen to this one. This is part two. In the first episode, I mentioned something about Todd. Who's Todd, right? I don't know. I found a quote from Brendan that talked about getting Todd in. I assumed it was Todd from the Falcon. I don't know if they were trying to get him on the record or what. But, and it might even have been, you know, a misquote or who knows, right? Sometimes you get faulty information. Sometimes the information you find out there doesn't make much sense. I should have looked further into it. I didn't. Anyway, I just wanted to clear that up. I'm not exactly sure who Todd is, right? Could be anybody. Could be you. Are you Todd? All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and get started. And the second part starts with Beyond the Embarrassing Style. The Just Keep Betting on the Horse You Love line makes me suspect that this song is about repeating the same behaviors over and over and over, unable to break what they call that vicious cycle. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if we want to jump right to the bet on the horse that you love line, um, just keep betting on that horse you love. I love that this section later in the song goes hey it's got those haze and um that this uh that they don't give us the haze both times with the horse line Mm -hmm. um and instead we just get really great like hi-hat work but i love that uh one time when they sing the horse line we get no haze and then the other time we get all these haze at the end so i just love variation is neat yeah, I love it when a band has like something similar that happens in a song multiple times, but they switch it up on you. Um, so yeah, I love that. That's a great. You'll hear songwriters talk about that, like by because you don't want it to become redundant. You don't. Oh, here it is again. A, a good songwriter will actually talk about how they do throw like a change in the word. Like maybe the first time it was street, but this time it's avenue, or, or right. you know, they'll like change things just slightly to to make you perk up and be like, oh. I, I know this part, but here's something different. 
Yeah, and there's really cool stuff throughout this song. Like in the very beginning, it's like, is it hard to die a fraction uh, at a time? That's what? the line I have underlined here a couple of times. I'm oh, like, what a great line. <laughs> what a lyric, man. Like I just wrote, wow, this is a great lyric. Yeah. <laughs> and that, so that, you know, going back to what I was saying about just repeating the same things over and over again. It's like, what, you know, what are we doing? We're just like plotting through these mistakes dying mm-hmm. a fraction at a time like how are you gonna stop it you know are you gonna stop it how can you stop it i know it's gonna um, be a big break <laughs> your life spins like a carousel your hopes are buried in a wishing well and i i i love the wishing well uh lyric like i i like to read books and i love haruka murakami's book the wind-up bird chronicle and so mm. whenever i saw your hopes are buried in a wishing well i thought about the prevalence of the deep well in the wind-up bird by haruki murakami to think about the protagonist solving a major conflict um so in a way his hopes were reborn at the bottom of a well in that novel so it's like in this line your hopes are at the bottom of that well mm-hmm. and this haruki murakami novel the protagonist actually climbs down to the bottom of a well and his hopes are reborn so i'm like i'm always thinking like the ways that art in my life that i have uh encountered speaks to each other and to me that wishing well line is like a speaks to me and my love of uh that haruki murakami book but that's cool i haven't read that oh it's so great um maybe this summer you can add it to your summer reading list there you go and then uh Oh, I know it's ridiculous. And then awake in a grave that you dug yourself. Dude, Chris sings that line like just him with no Brendan. And I just love the way uh, they sound whenever the lines where they don't sing together come through because Mm. there's so much of them singing together perfectly on this record. But then when they sing by themselves, it's like, oh, there's Chris. You know what I mean? And I love the way that Chris gives us that awake in a grave that you dug yourself. You know, and there's so little things on this record that I dislike that I'm going to get negative here for a second. And there's a next line coming up says, I can see the sadness in his face, but the way that face is sung, I don't like the delivery of it. He's like, I can see the sadness in his face. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, the word is face. And it's like, they turn it into like a 10 syllable word. (laughs) 10 syllable word. Um, and so I don't, this is my, one of my least favorite moments on the entire record is the way that he stretches out the word face. So I'm like, what could he say instead? That's more syllables, facade, appearance, mm. exterior. exterior, I'm not really yeah. sure. I was thinking about like ways that you could, I can see the sadness in his exterior. You know what I mean? Like add wor- a word in instead of face, it's more syllables. Right. So that's my, that's my nitpicky moment <laughs> for this conversation. I love it. It's, it's like he loved the line too much. He didn't want to change it. He's like, but the meaning is there. I can't change it. But I know, you have exactly. to sing it in this weird way. Well, that, that's what we're going to have to do. <laughs> I really hope that I'm not ruining this this moment of the record for people who are listening, but that's well, my... I've never le- noticed that part, Greg, and now whenever I listen to this song, I'm going to hear it. So I'm so sorry. But I've now, done that to people on this show too, and they've like, you know, shook their fist at me. So Yeah. Well, it goes I'm, around, I'm, comes around. I'm happy to own that one, so I will 100% take the blame <laughs> for even bringing that up. <laughs> that's great. A deep behind his lacquered eyes, a real devastation quaking his jawline. That is mm-hmm. genius, man. Yeah. Devastation quaking in his jawline. Think about the ways that we try to like, you know, function in society while we are experiencing trauma in our personal lives and we try to go out into the world every day. We keep going to work 
even though something horrible is happening and you just try to keep it together that like the ways that uh we try to like look normal while something Mm. terrible is happening i love the imagery of the devastation quaking in jawline because it makes me think about all the times that we try to mask our own pain yeah um and then the next line the demon always comes alive and then brendan goes comes alive in the background (laughs) and it just makes me smile and laugh when Brendan just screams that in the background because it's just like, Bleh! yeah, and it just makes me laugh, which is uh, something that I love doing whenever I'm listening. It's like, are to they music. emulating like metal bands with the like the? Ah! <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and but yeah, man, like if thinking about going back to your uh, horse you love, like think about something you must do that mm. others would scoff or laugh at and how important that deep-seated authentic expression of your true nature can be. Mm-hmm. So to me, like it can be a bad thing. Like you're repeating the same patterns over and over. Like the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing many times yeah. and expecting different it's results. <laughs> but it also, this line can be bet on your horse to me means bet on yourself once in a while um, and believe in yourself and you know try to pursue things uh, as well as you can and i just so i'm reading the bet on your horse you love in a couple of different ways and then if you think about the carousel lyric earlier in the song what's on a carousel wooden horses so we're betting on horses and there's the carousel reference earlier in the song so there's a little nice little plot line that's tied through um yeah then it took me until the second time of hearing carousel near the very end of the song is oh bet on your horse Horses on a carousel. So it took me a while to uh, to make that connection too. But yeah, that's my uh, those are my thoughts on Beyond the Embarrassing Style. Well, I just wanted to say the carousel thing. He has a line later where it says your horse will never touch the ground. So, you know, like those carousels where the horses actually don't, they just like kind of like fly through the air and they go up and down. So I always was like, am I reading too much into this? Or is this like, are we going for like a real deep sort of meaning here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and the... Uh, the song title meaning Brendan and Tim Crisp, the co-hosts of uh, Road uh, to the Skeleton Coast podcast, where they d- broke down Brendan's entire career discography. Mm. They go a little bit into the um, the title of uh, of what this one means. Um, and so I'm trying not to just give away all their stuff. So if you want to know more about this tune, you can go and listen to uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast by Brendan Kelly and Tim Crisp. Yeah. Fellow podcaster great. extraordinaires. Definitely. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, God. So right off the bat, I guess we have to mention the Judy Bloom reference, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, about a girl who gets her period for the first time. Yeah, that's what I that read it. about. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Um, but I love that it is a the title is a response. So mm. are you there, God? It's me, Margaret becomes yeah. Margaret. Are you there? It's me, God. <laughs> and so it's God's response um, to uh, to to Judy um, yeah. in that book. But I'm listening. Yeah, there's a couple of captions here on the inside of the uh, we are the champions of the world. Brendan mm-hmm. says, the main thing I remember about the entire Calcutta tracking was that Matt Allison started with this song and it took forever to get the drum sound he and Neil were going for. Mm. Matt was also in super producer mode and was relentless about delineating part-specific cadences for the kick drum throughout, though it turned out way better than I think any of us could have hoped. And we have Matt's vision and Neil's abilities and persistence to thank for that. 
I remember thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, it's fine. Can we get on with it already? About one zillion times during the tracking. So apparently this was a very hard tune to get down because it was the first one they did. Yep. And then Chris writes, the opening riff, which also serves as a primary hook in this song, is super simple and clean and, well, just goddamn beautiful. Brendan wrote it as part of the original demo. And when I first heard it, I remember thinking to myself, if you change a thing about that guitar line, you'll <laughs> fuck it all up. So, so that's uh, that's what we got here. But great opening riff. Completely agree with Chris. Neil is so steady. The drum sounds so good. And uh, this song to me is like the freaking heart and soul of this record. Absolutely. And going back to that that quote, I think anybody who's ever spent time in a studio knows that feeling Boom. where you're just like, Boom. no one's going to notice this. Like, what are we doing? But then when you get the record out, you're happy you did it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, this uh, this one's so cool because it's almost a duet, right? Mm. They told me where to go. Because if you you could you could isolate the parts, right? Yeah. You could have the song to where it's just Brendan. Uh, imagine Chris's song singing doesn't even exist. They told me where to go. They told me what to do. They told me bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yeah. can just take out the call and response and it's still a song. Yeah. It's just with less words. It's very simple. But... Um, I love the amazing duet approach that they took because whenever they talk about the unity of the band singing every song together, this is like such a perfect example of how they executed that so effectively. Absolutely. So we've got these, uh, we got these next, we got these lyrics here. Like, um, they told me where to go and I always follow. They told me what to do. I swallowed every drop down. Mm -hmm. They told me bedtime stories of how I rise above. And this is one of those ones where it connected so much to where I was in 2006, about to Mm. become a teacher, because my whole entire life, my family was like, you'd be such a great history teacher. Mm. So I never even thought about what I love. I just studied the thing that my family said I would be good at. You got directed, yeah. And they told me what to do. You're going to be a great teacher. What did I do? I swallowed every drop down and I went to a college of education to study social studies education. And this makes me think of the way that we are fed lots of half truths and delusions of how great our lives will be in the future as well, Mm -hmm. how we can all follow our dreams, et cetera, and how much of that turns out to not really be all that true as we age. And this record has a lot of um, adulthood can be so disappointing in it, which is super accurate and appropriate. Um, especially considering Brendan snapped his kneecap in half and was in a cast for like a year Oof. before the record came out. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, this opening thing to me is a lot about the early years of my life where everybody's telling me what I'm going to be good at and how I just fed right into it and followed that pipeline yeah. unfailingly to the bitter end. Well, it's that American dream trope, you know, like mm-hmm. you can go out and achieve your dreams and, and live the American dream. And anyway. Yeah. And like they told me they were true and I sat and thought about her. So I love how they start this song with Brendan doing the lead vocal and then they switch to Chris doing the lead line on this verse. So at the beginning, Chris, uh, Brendan leads. That's and then when they go to the you. second verse, Chris switches and then Chris does the lead and Brendan follows. Yeah. Um, and it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this line's got a lot of sexy stuff in it too. Um, 
I thought about her hips and thighs with yeah. the red in my eyes. I felt my body burn. Yeah, yeah. So there's some super sexy stuff in here too that uh that I thought was pretty fun. Yeah. I like how um there's that but then later on it's like and you told me go to hell yeah <laughs> well let me tell you beautiful i've been there i've believe been to hell say i'm not afraid <laughs> yeah and it's like when it's like believe me when i say i'm not afraid who are you trying to convince that you're not afraid are you trying mm. to convince yourself are you trying yeah. to convince the other person mm -hmm. um you know if you're being dumped and you're like fine whatever you know what i mean you, yeah. you <laughs> puff up your feathers a little bit and pretend like it's not hurting you I'm um, all right yeah i'm fine you anyway um exactly and it's like how who is the writer trying to convince that they're not afraid mm -hmm. um but you know the uh aeroplane aeroplane don't leave without me um i was like is that a reference to a neutral milk hotel um <laughs> but i don't think it is uh because i think it's um it, it i don't i think it might be just involved with uh phrasing um, adding syllables um, to make it fit in a way that sounds better than airplane, airplane. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that that was like, it's just a reference to in the airplane over the sea, but I yeah. don't think it is. And I was caught like checking up on that. Like, okay, what, what is an airplane and an airplane different things? Like, and I look up, oh, nope, it's the same thing. <laughs> and, you know, we've got more Neil here, like being gagged and bound. There's that great mm. Neil fill on yeah. that lyric. And I was talking to my friend once who's a great drummer. Um, and he's like, I don't care if the fill is the most technically interesting thing a drummer can do. The real question is, does it serve the song? Mm. And Neil's mm -hmm. got a fill under like being gagged and bound that serves this song very well. And I just wanted to point out that, that moment. A well-timed fill like that can put emphasis. I, I feel like on like the emotive part of what's being said, because you're changing up, you're changing up what you're hearing over something that maybe is jarring like bagged and uh, bagged uh, bound and gagged you yeah. know and you've got this thing that's like kind of giving it a little bit of a, a little emphasis yeah well i love how the and then the devil comes in right um mm -hmm. believe me when i say i'm not afraid of destruction sorrow fear or regret i heard yeah. the devil call me by my name i love this section because <laughs> It asks, are you willing to try something that could either go great or totally flop and fail? Are you willing to fail or are mm. you going to avoid doing something that could go amazingly because you're afraid of the catastrophic fallout? Um, and so I love that uh, I'm not afraid of destruction, sorrow, fear, and regret because it's like, are you going to take a risk or not? And then um, I heard the devil call me by my name. I was like, is that a callback to Devil's Taken Names? But then I remembered that Devil's Taken Names was the first, it was the last song written for oh, the record. Yeah. So this so is maybe this is the original Devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think Devil's Taken Names is kind of a uh, callback to Devil Call Me by My Name on um, Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, God. So uh -huh. uh, there's a little recurring uh, thread running through the record too. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, but this is, man, this is the heart and soul of the record right here, man. Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, God. And it ends with a huh. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> Let's move on to Jumping the Shark. Losing sort of a pastime. The eagles fly right by with the drink. It's morning in this small apartment. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think of our uh, intro here? Losing sort of a pastime. Sung over like a bluesy guitar and drums. Yeah. Do do love the drum intro here. Love it. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. They they do so for not for being a band that doesn't really spend a whole lot of time on like long intros or extended bridges. They definitely do some cool stuff with that that little small space that they have to work with on like intros or, or bridges. You know. Hmm. Yeah, and we got some nasty stuff here. You have the ultimate hangover song, yeah. right? So all the stuff in the previous song was like partying uh, and getting loaded, but then you gotta like you know you wake up and you're like paying mm. the price. It's like, so I'm walking through my apartment. Maybe it's summer. Maybe the AC is not working, so it's hot. You're like pouring sweat pouring out of your forehead. Too, yeah. yeah. Um. And then the nausea of the previous night washes over you, and mm-hmm. the closest thing to you is uh, a sink, and you just bend over that thing and hawk chunks into yeah. the into that sink. I don't oh. think I've ever. Ha- I don't know if I've if I've thrown up in a sink, but um, there's definitely been uh, some nasty throw up experiences. So absolutely, this is one that I'm not really eager to revisit. Uh, I'm not really there <laughs> in my place anymore. But um, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, it's it's the sickness song this one it's gross mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah and he's thinking about the past while he's feeling crappy and though he misses it you know chicago he misses it uh he doesn't want to go back there you know that not not that past you know he doesn't want to go back to to doing that dude charge forward man one of the themes of this record the past sucks mm-hmm. it's got some sucky things behind you but if you harp on those sucky past things, you're going to miss the opportunities and the doors that open up ahead of you. So this is one of those things that hit me in that time and place, like I said, very much at the beginning. Yeah. And the cool thing about the song is, is especially that I fought with the, I fought with all my teachers part. Yeah. Where the rhythm gets really bouncy. Um, boom, boom. I always love that. And uh, you know, he's complaining about, again, complaining about the difficulties of the past and the old days. Uh, but knows he wants to walk away from all that, you know. So, again, more of that moving forward, moving on. The past is the past. Mm-hmm. Very assured. Um, and then the I, I love the line. If we jump forward a few a few lines down, it says the old times were never that great. Mm. I love that line because yeah. of all the times we hear about like we got to take our country back to what you know yeah. what I mean. If you think about the old times that people. Um, idealize and lionize there were so many (laughs) massive problems with society that people allegedly want to go back to so when he thinks the old times were never that great i'm like yeah they really weren't for a (laughs) lot of people so i love how that line you hear people say that all the time like oh times were a lot simpler back then yeah there was suppression there was (laughs) like all this stuff that was keeping it in this little small tight space you know and then that blew up and of course yeah then things got really interesting because now all of a sudden that tightly knit control that was you know that was held over so many people has been released and it's like yeah that sucked you know this is much better Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder to control and understand, but it's a lot better than it was. Yeah, well, and then it, it does one of those things again, like I said earlier, where it kind of takes us uh, into a positive realm. So there's a lot of darkness. I mean, literally puking in a sink, uh, <laughs> fighting with everybody. Um, fake memories don't impress me. Bad old times. But then he shakes. Yeah, but then he's like, um, I want to bury the past. I'm walking away with mm-hmm. bottles and 
dancing and whiskey and love. So even though there's still some vices here, some unhealthy behavior, um, the dancing and the love combined with the bottles and the whiskey, like I don't really want to drink like that anymore, but like <laughs> dancing and love is great, great stuff. Um, and so I love the fact that, uh, you know, drinking to the death of regret is, um, you know, about moving forward and maybe you're not shaking all of your bad tendencies and all of your like maybe compulsive or slightly addictive behaviors, but, um, it's asking you to move into the future. And whenever I looked at the end of this song, I was like, dang, this song feels so short, but it's two and a half minutes. Like it feels like it's over in 90 Mm -hmm. seconds, but it's a minute more. Um, so this is one of the ones that really surprised me at how quickly you move through it, Mm -hmm. but how, but like how it feels really short. Um, but it's actually a lot longer than I thought it was at first. So I was like, Oh, that's another sign of a good song where time passes so quickly. And you're just so invested in it that, uh, you're like, man, that was a nice little stroke of genius there for the band. Yeah. Well, it moves, you know, and it's got a lot of yelling. It's a good yelling song. Mm -hmm. Uh, the interplay between the vocals here are just great. So yeah, it, it just moves. Yeah, I love this one. So yeah, that's my uh, you know, most of my thoughts on um on jumping the shark there, which is a you know, a phrase that was coined um in the mid two thousands and has uh, since moved into, you know, popular speak as a as a figure of speech. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can dig into that, uh the history of that that turn of phrase as well. And uh Brendan and Tim dive into it on uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast a whole bunch for a long period of time. Yeah, a lot of good wordplay on here. So that is a good segue into Lose Your Illusion 1. Yeah, sort of a Guns N' Roses play. <laughs> yep. um, and I love that a Wilhelm Scream, probably one of your favorite bands as well mm-hmm. as one of mine, uh, yep. has recently done a play on uh, on that Guns N' Roses title for their recent LP. So I yeah. love seeing Guns N' Roses, uh, Guns N Roses illusions and nods within <laughs> uh, some of our favorite other bands. This is a fast one. Chris has got a fast tune here. Yes, yes. This is uh, a fast one and another song about looking into the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one, he didn't want to go back. And in this one, it seems like he's hopeful going forward. So I feel like these kind of, these two songs for me really sequence well because you have the one, like I said, where he's not he doesn't want to go back. And in this one, it's all about moving forward. You know, let it all fade away. Don't recreate the scene. Just take it as it comes. Uh, these all seem like ways to me that speak to moving on. Yeah, you know, and I love how the previous song, Jumping the Shark, talks about being so hungover that you're puking in a sink. And then the opening <laughs> line of this one is, I'm sober like a Sunday morning Sunday mass. Morning mass. Yeah. So it's like they, it's like that character in the previous song has this like massive epiphany. Okay, I got to dry out for a while. And now all of a sudden mm. I'm so sober that I'm just like, experiencing the world in a way I haven't in a while. So that's kind of yeah. fun. Then it's got this Kurt Vonnegut reference. Mm. So it goes, so, so it, it goes. goes. Yeah. So it's a quote from Slaughterhouse Five. In this song, um, it's used a little differently. I feel like than it's used in the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the novel, it's like when people face death and die. That's how it's used mostly in Slaughterhouse Five, as far as I remember. Um, it's like when a character in the book dies, they're like, so it goes. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. not 
entirely sure if the you take it as it comes into so it goes is technically aligned with the plot of the novel um so i think that they switched the meaning of so it goes a little bit so it's kind of more of like a cultural reference to vonnegut um but i think it's used in this song a little bit differently as a lyrical tool than it's used in slaughterhouse five but that i I could be wrong because it's been so long since i've read that novel my my takeaway was you're right whenever billy pilgrim comes across death so it goes and to me that was like making light of it like it was insignificant like making light of the situation so i kind of took that like making light of a situation and thought about how that would sort of apply to this song and um and in that part around that part you know he's talking about let all fade away and all those times you felt something but your heart was on the run you know he treats it very lightheartedly like Mm mm-hmm Somewhere yeah. along the way, I lost my destination and then ended up, yeah, in a thousand different places. Like, okay, you know? Yeah. So it goes. That's the way it is. So it goes. And, you know, I love, uh, and then we keep going. It's like, my face has blossomed like a flower now. And I was like, <laughs> face has blossomed? What? Into yeah. what? Is it like the red nose of like drunkenness and alcoholism? Ooh. Like, is that your blossoming? Oh, or man. is it like, happiness is it a blossom of happiness it's an interesting line um coming off of i'm drunk or i'm drinking everything my face has blossomed like a flower now i'm like what the blood vessels that just like break in your face yeah Yeah, exactly like that's what i was thinking i was like whenever you see that like you know that everybody's got that person they can picture in their lives who has that like that that like massive like blood vessel breakage in their nose to just show that they've been pounding drinks for a couple decades and this is Um, why like the lyrics that you're pay so you pay so much close attention to these amazing lyrics that who knows you might even miss the rad guitar solo in this song yeah but yeah absolutely a few times that uh, they wail out a little bit yeah and then you know there's a great bridge in here somewhere along the way i Mm. lost my destination so there's all that thing about like getting lost again right like driving and driving and driving and then you wake up and you're lost Mm. um it's there's like these like things that keep recurring in this record to kind of tie it all together um but yeah maybe we'll be somewhere by morning it's like okay we drove all night and we're just as lost as we were yesterday so it's kind (laughs) of like a metaphor for life of like clawing your way through the darkness of the world like trying to find certain things that happen but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that anything will come of it neil hennessy on the outro man he's jamming big time all the way through the end of this song so this is another uh another great neil performance on lose your losing pounding away yeah Mm -hmm. the next song on the record requiem revisited This is one of my absolute favorite songs on the record. It is a good, fast one. They're, you know, they're singing in unison. I don't know. Just always really love this one. It kind of borrows that melody from the Naked Ray Gun Soldier's Requiem, which is mm-hmm. cool. You know, mm-hmm. again, kind of borrowing from your your heroes that inspiration shining through. Very cool. Uh, we mentioned earlier, there's the no means no brother rat reference. Yeah. We'll knock back a few and talk about life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This creepy whisper here, right? Um, <laughs> this is the creepier whisper to me. Re- the Requiem Revisited mm. whispering is the creepier one. Let's talk back a few and talk about life. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it gives me the shivers a little bit. Um, yeah. But I 
went and listened to Jettison by Naked Raygun all the way through, which I don't think I had ever done. I've listened mm. to Naked Raygun in the past, but like this may be the first time I ever listened to this record. So thanks to Brendan and Chris for lifting the melody uh, for Requiem Revisited from Sojal's Requiem so that I could discover this uh, Naked Raygun album that mm. I had never listened to in my life. So I went back and I did listen to this whole record. It's great. And so I did the thing that they probably would have said to do. Greg, just go listen to the freaking Naked Raygun record. <laughs> um, so I did. And, um, you know, they they get into the uh, the woes on this song. Whoa, whoa. Mm, yep. They get into it way faster than the Naked Raygun version. So I love how the band did the woes uh, from the Naked Raygun version, but they get to it way earlier in the song. You know, it's the mm -hmm. Tom Petty approach of don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes twice as long in the Naked Raygun version to get to those woes. Yeah. And I love that Lawrence Arms did not uh, belabor it. Um, I also love how they use the woes as a, uh, transition into the bridge where they do a, a a melody change. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This heart is pumping blood much harder than you know. Like it's so good how they switch up the woes from the first round to the second round to bring us into a uh, a bridge. I just absolutely love that as a transition device. Yeah. I thought it was so fun. Those are definitely great, like transitional things that they've come up with too. Yeah, I just call it a tool. You know what I mean? Tool, it's like a, yeah. a, a tool that like imagine it's like a metaphorical tool out of a toolbox and you pull it out and you put it into uh, use to serve a purpose. Um, mm -hmm. Just like if you were like building a house, installing something in your home. Mm -hmm. um, it's a tool. You pull out the correct tool out of the toolbox and you put it into play and it works to it works like a charm. This is one of those moments where uh, you can tell these guys are professional songwriters and they've done this for a long time because they lean on a variety of tools that are wonderfully executed and that melody change in the woes is uh perfect for for my my sensibilities very effective yeah and and the butter knife pick slide at the end <laughs> finally rest my weary bones and it's like yeah. and it's bones, this bones, bones. huge huge pick slide and I'm fairly sure that they used a butter knife to get that massive pick slide on that, yeah. on that outro. <laughs> they had to have, or like double it up 20 times or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. That thing's a beast. Yep. So that's, uh, you know, Requiem Revisited. Great nod to Naked Ray Gun, another great Chicago band. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's what I got on that one. And I saw that, like, Dan Schaefer does some backing vocals on this record. And I know he's a big Naked Ray Gun fan. I wonder if... Some of those woes. I wonder if he's in there. I wonder if that's where he comes in on this record. I'm a big Dan Schaefer fan, so yeah, he. I know he sings on this record. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't dig in close enough to see where uh, where Dan is on the record, but I know he's there. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to Key to the City. Wonderful. One of the first few songs written for the record, I believe, if I if my memory serves me correctly, from binging the entirety of Road to the Skeleton Coast. Mm -hmm. And on a record full of great lyrics, this one is up there for me. I, I just love the imagery in the song. Um, 
It's just like he said earlier, the first song, uh, Devil's Taken Names, was like an exercise in writing. To me, this definitely feels like a great poem that someone decided to put to music. Yeah. You know, and I love the opening imagery, right? I sat with the drunks and the speed freaks. Mm. Think about how (laughs) few people in a city would do this, right? Sitting on a bench in a city square, Washington Square in New York City like you know whatever picture a square and then you're sitting on a bench in a city uh, purposefully surrounded by very intoxicated people and choosing to be there on purpose right yeah these are the people that everyone rushes past as quickly as possible in their day-to-day lives and do not want to interact with in any way so we're talking about the opening line of this song um we're saying that the outcasts are the key to a city's heart and soul the Mm. lowest people in society are the ones that this song is saying give put those people in charge they know this city better than anyone yeah and observing them uh we watching all the drones strolling by it's kind of like well our outward appearance might be shabby we might be drunk we might be on speed we might look in rough shape but our rough shape is just a different rough shape than your rough shape. You know, you're heading off to a job you hate. <laughs> you're running away from a family you can't stand. I mean, that's all the negative stuff. But, you know, they're they're saying that we might look different, but we're one and the same in, in where we carry our, our our troubles. And I love that it's a drunk and a speed freak. It's a drunk, yeah. it's a downer, and a speed freak is <laughs> an upper. <laughs> it's a contrast of, like, it's so great. The, both sides of the, the view there. Yeah, and it's like the the, uh, the 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 delicate dance of being shooed down the street. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they We walked down like one block. We sat down and we started doing everything that we were doing again. And we're just waiting for the next person to come and kick us out. You know, it's yeah. the banality <laughs> of life for those who are like unwanted in society of like, where are they going to shoo us off to next? Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't anybody care about what we think about this place? We got good ideas too. And all they do is ask us to move down the block. <laughs> so it's... It's like, who is the heart and soul of a city? Um, and then Chris is like, I love this line of, hear us down, uh, let's gather our bones, our guts, and our hearts, so that, and screams, so they'll hear us down in those parks. I love that line yeah. from Chris, because it's like, we have voices too. Ask us what we think. We know this city better than you, because all you do is sit in traffic, go to a building, and go back to your car and drive away. We're the ones who are here every day, and we got stuff to say. It's funny that you have that line highlighted because I have the very next line highlighted. I love the under those trees where the pigs lurk and crawl. Mm. There are bonfires and parties that are fucking them all. They give it by the inch, but they take it by the mile. It's one for the beating and two for the trial. I just love that. Even just like saying it, like you start singing yeah. it because it's so it's such great phrasing. I these love guys that. are these guys are great authors. You know what I mean? Like these, the words on these records are so powerful and you can tell Mm -hmm. that Brendan and Chris are total nerds because there's no (laughs) way that you can write like this if you are not an extremely literate person who appreciates literature in all forms. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, this is, this is a great one, man. Um, Let's burn out here a thousand miles from home. That made me laugh because I'm like 800 miles away from my house. Um, and so it's like, let's burn out here a thousand miles from home. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost a thousand miles from my home. And if you think about like the life stories of how people wind up 
where they wind up mm, mm-hmm. in the in the world like why are those drunks and speed freaks on that bench in that park what if one of them is from seattle and he wound there, up yeah. in miami <laughs> what is that person's story yeah that's so fascinating yeah so i i just love this tune uh another one of those ones that's like you know one of the beating hearts of the record uh key mm. to the city man like the title says it all and yeah. especially when you think about the fact that the cover of the record is a play on the Chicago city flag. Mm-hmm. And then you have a song called key to the city. Like you can't really help, but think about something like um, the, the park in downtown Chicago, right on the lake where like where the, the quote unquote, the bean is um, mm-hmm. right by the museum. And it's like, I, I, so I picture that square or the uh, married with children fountain. That's on the intro yeah. sequence <laughs> to married with children in Chicago. Yeah. This is like one of those things too. Another song that utilizes a lot of repetition, the gimme, gimme, gimme part. I always love that. And yeah. You get a lot of that on this record. Yeah. And it reminds you that Me First and the Gimme Gimmies are a band as well. <laughs> or Black Flag. Gimme, 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 gimme. I want some yeah. more. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, it, who knows, man? That really could be a Black Flag reference for all I know, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's get into Old Dogs Never Die. Yes. Uh, by far the weirdest song on the record. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Weirder these than Warp? signatures. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Warp yeah. is a way more straightforward song to me All than right. this one. Like, this has got experimental, uh, like, no means no kind of kind of vibes on it mm. um i don't know what's going on with the time signatures uh mm. but this song is very much brendan or chris brendan chris brendan chris brendan like they deliver the lines so mechanically yeah. um the surging blood rushes through me chris in tune to the pulsing of my head brendan <laughs> the message echoes over and over chris what are you doing with your time brendan so there's this really um methodical back and forth here um for for this tune the way they deliver the vocals like one after the other and they just boom 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 back and forth there's a there's a part in the song where it's like the shadows fade into oblivion mm-hmm. where it goes into like a really ghost stories feeling part here um that that part after shadows fade into oblivion mm-hmm. ah, and then it just got this really dark sounding um you know metallic riff and it just reminds me a lot of ghost stories from 99. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like, this is to me by far the strangest song on the record. Music wise, lyric wise. I mean, I know you t- talked about the time signatures music, uh, lyric wise for me, this, to me, this feels like another song about regrets and wasted time or w- wasted opportunities, you know, kind of trying to move beyond the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's another forget the past feeling lyric. Like just look at the closing line, leave them all behind, leave them all behind. Mm-hmm. So we've got mm-hmm. another uh, moving forward, look at the future kind of reference here on this one. Yeah. Just forget all the regrets that keep haunting you. They aren't worth your time. And just forget all those days that dragged on for miles and miles. I'm kind of surprised that this song made the record instead of the rabbit and the rooster. This one throws you for a loop near the Maybe end of the record why. that kind of grabs your attention of like what the heck is going on. But I could also see people seeing this one as a skip. It's not a skip for me because I think this is a a really weird moment that re grabs my attention. <laughs> kind of like in a way that like 
only good fascist is a dead fascist on less talk more rock regraps my attention mm. late in the record mm-hmm. um so this is kind of one of those uh left field tunes and it comes right before one of my eight other favorite songs on the record so the next track like a record player This one is in the We Are the Champion of the World. So I have another blurb, if you will humor me for a moment. Yeah. Uh, this song makes me, this is Brendan. This song makes me real happy to play live. For the most part, our catalog trades in a lot of snarkiness and guile and cynicism and heartbreak and bittersweet themes of isolation and loneliness and misunderstanding. Whoa, that's a mouthful. But this one is just a pure, simple love song to every single aspect of being lucky enough to travel, party, and play music with my best friends for people who want to hear it. It's a pretty cool thing, and this was a way to express that I don't take it for granted. Um, yeah, so that's Brendan's thoughts on on the tune. And then um, Chris says, all to say it's not lost to me just how fucking cool it is and how lucky I feel to have made records and traveled so much of the world playing music with my best friends. This song is a reminder. So this is their uh, we love being a band, we love playing yeah. music um, style tune. That sums it up great. I mean, yeah, it's a great song about friends and touring, sitting up for hours with my best friends in a van, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say there's a limit, but I don't know what they mean, you know? It's just like, this is my life. This is what I do. And I, I think that's great. You know, as a person who's played in bands and has traveled with people in a van, it's like, those are those great times. You know, there's a lot of looking back on the past in this on this record in kind of a negative way, but this is like, a, hey, but look at all this great stuff, you know? Look at all yeah. these times spent with good with good people doing something that unites us music, you know, bringing us together. Yeah. And there's humor too in here. Um, and I would say I've overstayed my welcome, but you know, I don't think I'm ever going home. It's yeah. like, well, I just live here now. So how can I possibly be overstaying my welcome? And then he goes, well, I don't need a doctor because anyone can see. And there's like shakers and maracas yeah. in the background that <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they are just at the end of the recording. And they're like, hey, who's got some maracas? Let's throw Let's them throw in there. Stuff on here. Yeah. It's like those little, like those little shakers. So I can just picture Neil in the background, like shaking stuff into the recording microphone in the studio. Mm-hmm absolutely love the uh the partying uh aspect of this one so and a lot of drinking too sit and have a drink with me you know so mm-hmm. there's uh there's some definitely some boozing on this record but it's oh, a yeah. it's a celebratory tune uh to bring an end to the traditional first 12 tracks of the record um great time yeah absolutely great song one of my favorites like i said uh i'll leave that one with and i don't want to waste time being wistful or afraid Without yeah. all you, I'd be even lower down. You know what I want to say, but I can't get it out. And that's like, it doesn't need to be said. You know, it's like good friends. And that is a great way to go out on that one. That's when you like resort to, I love you, man. You know I what you, I mean? Man. <laughs> I, I, just, I just love you, man. So whenever you're wordless and you just like lean back on that. Um, but yeah, we got a couple more, a uh, couple more weird ones here. Yeah. Let's jump into warped or, or, or I always call it warped. Warped summer extravaganza. Turbo excellence. Turbo excellence. When I woke up in Hawthorne, I took Ocean down to the fairground to see everyone. So beautiful that I drown in the waves of the haircuts. So um, there's a comment here. So Chris writes, 
the end guitar tag solo on this song is like heaving a half court shot at the buzzer. I'm talking basketball here, everyone. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan says this was the version that was written and recorded with the intention of being on O Calcutta. One day during rehearsal, I started fucking around with a super slow country version, not with any intent, just to kind of signal to Neil and Chris that the Warp Tour song was the next song we were going to run through. In a shocking turn of events, they both joined in country style. And to the surprise of all of us, it ended up being a better version of the song, which we put on O Calcutta as a hidden track. We played this turbo version live maybe twice. And here it is at last, I guess. One last thing, the song was written uh, to sound at home coming from the early 2000s warp tour stage. So there's mm. two versions of this song. Yeah. One is the country one on the record and one is a different version on the uh compilation record. But those yeah, are some the, thoughts. The fast one. Yeah, Brendan tells punksite.com they just he just likes he likes country music and he was just kind of goofing around on it and it stuck. Um yeah, just he says, I mean, rock and roll is married to country in a way that can't be ignored. Some of these old storytellers are so instrumental to the way I feel about music and the way I feel about songwriting. And it just seemed right. It was one of those things where everything clicked. Now, we did rec- record another version also, and that will come out sometime. So it came out on the on the mm-hmm. top there. But that one, I'm not singing soft and clean. I'm singing hard and screaming. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 C- cool story behind that one. A lot of references, man. So Brendan and Tim tell the story of this song. It they in, for over an hour. Yeah. There is the episode <laughs> is over an hour on just this one song. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the full story of the Lawrence Arms getting kicked off the Warp Tour in like mm-hmm. 2004, you can go find that. But this song has line by line references to Hawthorne Heights, Yellow Card. Yeah. AFI, sexual assault. <laughs> Fire inside, yeah. Yeah, the destroying of the ethos of punk rock, the capitalist gouging of people who attend Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of like even that it led to like the current merch cuts that venues are enacting against bands like today mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. venues are taking tons and tons of money. But there's so many hilarious um, and sad references um, in this song as well that uh, that really stand out. So this is a as it, it's kind of a joke ish song, but it's actually got a really deep and powerful message about um, what the Warp Tour uh, did to the traveling uh, music scene um, and how people weren't it wasn't all fun and games and how there was a lot of kind of pain that went along with it. And if you spoke out against it, like the Lawrence Arms did publicly from stage, you were essentially shown the door. Um, so it's a pretty serious song, considering that it's like a hidden track, kind of like almost played off as a joke song, but it's mm-hmm. pretty serious. Yeah, it's pretty poignant. I mean, they're talking about how the Warp Tour is single-handedly dismantling this whole thing that they've been spending years building up, you know, this this music scene and DIY and, and you know, up from nothing and... Um, so all these bands, you know, they go on the Warp Tour and there's a great quote where he says, uh, they say things like, oh, it's great. You only have to play for like half an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you. This is your job. I don't care how hard you don't have to work in order to get paid. Like you're fucking everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, they see it as a tragedy and um, as the worst thing to happen to punk rock and DIY music in, in general. And yeah, I mean. The Warp Tour, there's a lot of great things to be said about the Warp Tour. It's exposed so many people to a lot of bands and music. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's hard to 
it's hard to be doing like these small indie shows when this monster tour is like rolling through the country. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I, I learned a lot by hearing Brendan talk about this song on his podcast. And mm -hmm. so I was like, man, that's really interesting perspective mm. to hear. Because, uh, you know, listen. I had a lot of good memories thinking about the Warp Tour because, you sure. know, the first time I ever went was 98. And I saw Frenzel Rom, NXPX, yeah. like, you know, uh, no use for a name. Mm -hmm. um, it was just such an important time in my life. And then you think about like what was actually going on behind the scenes for a lot of bands and a lot of fans. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's important to take the good with the bad um, and the bad with the good and acknowledge the bad and concede that Brendan has a really good point um, in this tune and uh, reconcile how you feel about it. And it didn't get any better. You know, this is 2006. Uh, I stopped following the Warp Tour a long time ago, but then there was Me all too. that trouble with like the whole rape culture thing. Yeah. I mean, the back, the, yeah, the, the bad taste in your mouth from your time on the back of the bus lyric on here yeah. is talking about all the sexual assault that was uh, just discussed during the Warp Tour. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. that's in the song, man. It's right there. Let's take a look at the streaming only and the, and then eventually winding up on the comp, the rabbit and the rooster. Uh, Chris says, I seem to recall the bridge of this song was inspired by Shares, If I Could Turn Back Time, which is a killer song and an awesome thing to borrow. Shares dope. You should YouTube the video. It's something else. Brendan says, the bridge of this song is ripped off from Share. It's one of my favorite songs from my youth. For you kids out there, she's wearing a suit made of pantyhose and suspenders, <laughs> not in ways you'd immediately imagine. Those things that come together to comprise a suit. Google the video. And she's kind of fucking a battleship while like a hundred plus sailors cheer her on. It was a different time back then, y'all. So this is a really cool uh, little blurb um, from Brendan <laughs> and Chris about their memories of being Cher fans. And it's just a great song. I like the song a lot because I feel like they're delivering the lines so fast. Like this mm -hmm. is like really fast singing. I, like when I read along to the lyrics of this song, sometimes I lose my place. Like it's going by so fast. Yeah. And there's drinking in this song, drinking all our futures down the drain. <laughs> there's no sense in regret. Lots of not regretting the past on this record. Mm -hmm. Lots of drinking. So I'm wondering if the reason this one didn't make the record was because so much of this content in these lyrics has appears so many other places on the record. Maybe they mm -hmm. were like, man, we need something a little different than drinking and like not regretting. Yeah, it's throwing that song. That's a little weird. Great bass playing on this song, though. Lots of great bass rips on here um, that I really enjoyed. So this one, I kind of focus a little bit more on the music and, uh, you know, comparing it to Cher's, um, mm. Cher's chorus. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is an interesting one because I couldn't find it on the Apple Music streaming one. Uh, it's only on the Spotify version yeah. and uh, on the We Are the Champions of the World compilation. So oh, you can't actually hear this one if you're uh, listening to Apple Music. You got to go to Spotify or the We Are the Champions of the World. So you were focusing on the music. I got a little more on like the song and it's why it's maybe not on the record. Tell uh, me. Brendan told PunkSite.com, it was just an idea that the label had. We had a bunch of extra songs left over, and that was like the one song we thought it was going to go on the record. And then some other songs turned out better than we thought, so that one kind of got bumped. 
Uh, we just had finished it, and iTunes will do little features about your band or whatever if you give them an exclusive track, and so we did. You can get it just by itself. You don't need to buy the whole record to get it. <laughs> it's like a buck for a song, whatever. I think anybody who's smart enough to download it for a buck, I think, is probably smart enough to download it for free. So I didn't really think about it. It just to get the song out there. So, you know, one of those little ploys to maybe boost the signal a little bit. Uh, but great song. I mean, worth worth getting. If you if you have the album and you like it, uh, you can add this one to the to your playlist or whatever. Or your burned CD copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Rabbit and the Rooster. What do you know? Um, mm-hmm. This is one that I didn't even know existed for years and years. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool to uh, see something back from this era because this Lawrence Arms era is so special to me that to discover a new track years later after it had been released was kind of a thrill because this is like a lightning in a bottle moment for the yeah. Lawrence Arms it's in like my view. It's like getting a gift. It's like yeah. getting a little bit more of something. And you're like, oh. It's. It, I know I talk about them all the time, but it's like when Propagandy surprisingly released Laughing Stock years after mm. Victory Lap came mm. out, and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, um, little little treasure. But yeah, man, love this, love this record. So special, full of uh, perfect songs um, that just hit me at just the right place in my life and gave me exactly what I needed during a really doubtful period. Love this band, love this album. In particular, this is my all-time number one for the Lawrence Arms. In closing, Brendan told AV, that record changed everything. Our shows got exponentially bigger. The amount of respect we got from people went from like none to some. (laughs) The reviews of O Calcutta were overwhelmingly positive in punk rock circles, and it was the first time we'd ever gotten good reviews. And so many of them started out with, I never really liked this band before, but... (laughs) (laughs) I liked Lawrence Arms, but I definitely liked them a little more after hearing this record. It even caused me to go back and listen a little closer to some of the previous albums. A band of incredible songwriters with a knack for stringing the right words together to create a mood or a feeling. And O Calcutta is the one that sort of got me to uh, take a take a deeper look into a band that I already liked. Yeah, same here. And uh, I'm just scrolling up through a lot of the notes that I had, and I had like, 20 pages of comments here uh, because I put all the lyrics for the entire record into a Google Doc, but this is such a special one, and I'm so glad that this changed the Lawrence Arms's, um, you know, fandom essentially, mm-hmm. and made mm-hmm. them a band that was sustainable. Um, it felt like this is the record that had this record not happened, uh, maybe they would have faded into obscurity then instead of still being around to this day still making great records with uh uh metropole and um skeleton coast so i'm glad that this record changed the uh, trajectory of the band and kind of reinvigorated them absolutely hell yeah well greg i would like to thank you so much for hanging out with me today and going through this record this was so much fun i love digging into these lyrics with you man yeah this has been a real thrill uh, it's nice to talk about a band that's not propaganda as much as I love propaganda <laughs> and talking about all their stuff. It's so fun to do these other record deep dives and bands that I have loved over the course of my life. Uh, it's a real thrill to talk about Oh Calcutta and love the Lawrence Arms. You know, it's got this Midwestern connection to me that I can never really shake. So thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for the invite. And uh, we'll do it again someday. Absolutely. I'd also like to thank the punksite.com and the avclub.com websites. Thank you to Krista Makes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. 
And of course, thanks to all of you for tuning into Talking Records. It is so much fun to go through these records, talk with friends, Greg, fellow podcaster. It's great to do this, man. I get such a kick out of talking to like-minded music lovers, music obsessors, <laughs> gathering all this information and just putting it all here, you know, for other people that are of the same ilk. So what a thrill. Thanks, buddy. Thanks again, man. All right. I will be talking to you soon, my friend.